Anyway, happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. That's why we're doing a little bit off topic, but it's kind of on topic. It's it's a story that I love reading. I've read this probably a dozen times. Every time it comes up, it kind of gets regurgitated over time. Every time it comes up, I'm like, yeah, the good guys win, right? That's what we're doing today. We are talking about 1989, Hilltop Tacoma, overrun with the Crips. The Crips get into it with Army Rangers. Hmm, what happens? Well, here we go. Let's find out. Here is the story. Flashback. Army Rangers engage in 300-round shootout with Crips. Gang on U.S. soil. Gotten a little, gotten a little, with the Crips. Hmm, Crips got a little bit of pushback. 1989 Washington shootout between Army Rangers gang members. More than military lore. Yeah. Smell of sizzling hamburgers filled the air on a pleasant September evening in 1989. Neighbors and their children socialized in the yard of Staff Staff Sergeant Bill Folk's Ash Street fixer-upper. Then a car rolled up in front of the Tacoma, Washington house, and a gang member fired a shot into the air. Suspecting more bullets were on the way, Folk called his army base for backup. Uh-oh, uh-oh, going to need some backup here. Here's a picture of uh, Staff Sergeant Bill Folk after a patrol in December 1989 in Rio Hato, Panama. Remember that? I reckon we had Panama stuff going on. I'm about to come under attack, Folk remembered saying. I need every available ranger at my house now. Stat. The ensuing gunfight between the Army Rangers and men identified by police as members of the Hilltop Crips has gone down in military history. So my, my involvement with this is I was I was appraising in the Hilltop District probably by 1993. And the worst of the gang violence was it was it was on its way out. It's still got it's still got it's Tacoma. You you got a bunch of gang members running around, right? But the hilltop area has been massively gentrified and it's way different today than it was back then. But back then it was rough. I mean it was rough. So I'm a young white. Clearly I you know, I, I look pretty white, don't I? I mean you're not gonna say, ah, that guy looks like he could be no, straight up white. So I'm down in the hilltop area fairly often appraising. And when you're appraising, you have to take photos of the subject property, front rear street and some interior to kind of show the condition. Then you have to go out and shoot a photo of every single one of your comparable sales. You might shoot six or 10 comps on any given appraisal because you might not use some depending on the condition when you get out there and look to see maybe it's on a super busy street and you end up not using that comp. But you're taking pictures of homes that are owned by somebody differently than when they went, they were on the market, right? So they got sold, new buyer, new, new buyer, believe it or not, may not want you to take a photo of his home from your car, from the public street, even though that's a hundred percent legal. So, you know, there's that. And so I'm driving around and there, there was some confrontational moments over the years. And because the, the only white people kind of going into this area, a lot of the time, people looking to score drugs. So, you know, I'm, I'm white boy doing my job 
because you have to, and you got to take these pictures and people run after you. People go, what are you doing? Like, I'm doing my job. I'm taking a photo. I'm an appraiser. You're a what? I'm an appraiser. What's that? Oh, it's part of financing for a bank. Ah, okay. And, you know, they'd usually just, they, they, you know, as long as it wasn't there to, you know, get in on their turf, I'm okay, right? I'm okay. But it was not a good area. 1989 Hilltop in Tacoma was rough. I mean, it was rough. So the ensuing, the ensuing gunfight between the Army Rangers and men identified by police as members of the Hilltop Crips has gone down in military history. Crime was at an all-time high in Tacoma during the late 80s and early 90s, fueled by gang violence, drive-by shootings, and drugs. Folk, who was stationed at nearby Fort Lewis, Fort Lewis is a massive military base. Uh, it's a joint, um, it, it's a couple of different military bases, right? Uh, JBL, whatever that is, Fort Lewis, joint base, Fort Lewis, something or other. Um, they bought a, the guy bought a condemned home on Ash Street for 10 grand in 87 and got to work making it a home. Before long, gangs turned his version of the American dream into a nightmare. Uh oh. Uh oh. Residents described the Hilltop neighborhood as rabbit and they feared for their lives walking out the door, according to a Seattle Times article. I remember homes. I, I remember looking at homes going, what's, what's going on there? And there were bullet holes in homes. There were visible bullet holes in homes. That was not uncommon. You just had a lot of violence and it was, it was rough. It was just, I could never wait to get out of there. I'm like, okay, yeah, well, I'm not going to get killed today. Um, I'm out of here again. Then there was, uh, there was a time where we had the, the initial stages of the meth lab. All right, Sean, we, we got an appraisal for you, but you might want to wear a hazmat suit. I, I don't think so. Nah, whatever fee you're going to pay me. Mm, nah, I, I don't think so. We're not appraising a meth lab house. Not going to do it. Don't care. Just, yeah, no thanks. So, you, you know, gang territory. Okay. Meth house. Mm, no, not so much. Not so much. So we had a gang related shooting, Crips and blood, a shooting on the street out here. Folk told Fox 13. And typically you would call the police and no one would ever show up. Ah, oh, sounds like Portland, doesn't it? Now, Portland cops show up. They're just spread thin. And so for, you know, minor stuff, and just, you know, you only got so many cops to go around and you can't, you can't cover everything. So this, what you got back then, it, it was, I don't really know what it was, but it, what was it? They just didn't want to deal with the gang stuff. Maybe they just kind of, oh, let them work it out themselves. They, they seem to be doing just fine on their own. All the crime stats are just gone through the roof. Folk and his neighbors took pictures of the comings and goings of a home that had a reputation for being a crack house. Uh-oh, uh-oh, because they were slinging crack back in the day, right? It was crack, crack, no fentanyl, just crack. They also wrote down license plate numbers, drawing the ire of the neighborhood ne'er-do-wells, the gang members, the Crips. They didn't like that. Shocking, right? Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's kind of like Jonathan Cho running around with his um, cell phone camera and recording stuff. Sometimes, believe it or not, sometimes people in the open air drug markets do not enjoy what Jonathan Cho is doing. I think a large pe a percentage of the folks that he deals with down there, because he knows everybody, right? I mean, you see him talk to everybody. Yeah, you doing okay? You doing okay? But not these guys, not these crips. They don't appreciate, they don't appreciate anybody. 
When folk organized a cookout for Ash Street families on September 23rd, 1989, the harassment wasn't far behind. Uh-oh. Are you feeling things heat up? Got a little cookout on Ash Street? Gang members threw bottles and fruit at the partygoers. That is not very cordial. Bottles? and Were they full bottles? I mean, were they plastic bottles? Were they glass? And fruit at the party goers. Fruit. You threw some fruit at people getting together, having a barbecue. What's wrong with you? Your moms didn't teach you be, to be how to be good human beings, did they? No, they didn't. They threatened to burn the house down and fire up after dark. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I feel a confrontation coming on, right? This is what folk told the Associated Press in 89. Then around 6.30 p.m., folk said someone fired what he considered a warning shot in front of his house. Mm, that's not good. That's not good. Just a little warning shot. Just a, a one-rounder. He immediately called the base for backup. Parents sent their children away and charted a plan with the approximately 15 rangers. Around 9.20 p.m. Okay, so this is September. Um, 9.20 p.m. It would be dark by then. It would be dark. It would be dark. Probably 8.30 in Tacoma. It's going to be dark in September. Around 9.20 p.m., someone shot at Folk's house, and he said the Rangers returned fire. It was like being in a military firing range when somebody says, commence fire, Folk recalled to Folk's Fox 13. It was pow, pow, pow. Gunfire from every direction. You could hear bullets hitting the house. Can, I mean, you can just, you can, you've watched enough movies, right? You can imagine how that would go. You just have that, you know, that, that zip sound when a, when a bullet goes by. No, boop. Just that super quick. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to make sure one doesn't hit you. You can imagine what that probably sounded like if you were in that house. Some 300 rounds were fired. Shattering windows, damaging cars, and piercing the walls of folks' home. But when police arrived, they didn't find anyone who had been injured. Huh, do you think it's because the guys on the inside of the house were, I don't know, army rangers, and they knew what they were doing? And the guys outside were just slinging some drugs, just being degenerates? And they didn't really know, oh, hey, these guys fire back. What up? Well, that was what's up, right? Folks said several of the attackers were hit and speculated that other gang members may have taken them to the hospital. <laughs> that is some wild stuff, right? All right. Yeah. Score one for the Rangers. Crips. Oh, you guys lost. You guys goose egged that one. So police took uh, semi-automatic rifles, a shotgun and handguns from the Rangers and said they arrested two gang members on previous warrants. None of the Rangers were arrested, though police were frustrated residents hadn't called them sooner. Well, yeah, but guess what? Those Crips, they never went back and hassled this guy, did they? Now they're like, oh, yeah, that guy's a Ranger and he's got Ranger buddies that are willing to come from the base, which isn't that far away, right? It's just not that far away. It's south of Tacoma, not that they could be there in a matter of minutes. What a great story. Um, the, the, I've read it. I've, I've read this story so many times that I know enough of the details. All of the guns, the shotgun, the handguns, the semiotic rifles, those were all returned to the members of the, uh, the Rangers and the army basically said self defense. They were defending themselves. They were in a house and the Crips are shooting them. 
This is the ultimate case of self-defense. Now, it's fortunate that nobody got killed. I mean, how did that end up with nobody being killed? Were the Crips just that bad of shots? Probably. Probably. They don't have any training, right? No training. They just kill each other a lot of the time. So there's a fine line between self-defense and vigilantism, a police spokesperson said, according to the AP. There is, and that is why this story, I mean, you don't want to have just neighborhood crews getting together and, you know, firing off at whomever happens to come by and take a pot shot at them. You don't want that, but, you know, if you got a scenario like this, I don't know. I mean, I'm okay with the way it turned out, but could you see, and I can see this happening down the road, neighborhoods getting pissed off at what's going on, taking matters into their own hands. The thing you don't, you won't see anymore is a ranger would immediately be booted out of the army for doing this today. Immediately, right? Just, they just, they couldn't have that kind of thing. Just can't have that kind of thing. But 1989, we had something that was, you know, we were, we were proud of the military. We were proud of how all that, you know, was going. And so, well, the self-defense, yeah, yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm all right with it. And I, this story, this story always makes me happy. Number one, nobody got killed, right? A couple of bad guys got arrested, but ultimately they got pushed back a little bit. They got pushed back a little bit. This guy still lives there. As far as I know, this guy still lives there. Love to talk to that guy. I'd love to see, uh, here we go. Folk lives in the same house three decades later. He left one bullet hole in the siding, a battle scar, one of the Rangers' wildest missions on American soil. God bless America, right? Happy Memorial Day. That's some good stuff. I mean, that is just, yeah, that's America. That's that's taking it to the evil empire that's out there, slinging drugs, killing your kids, killing your grandkids, whatever, and you know, saying no, no we're not going to deal with this. We're going to write your license plates down. We're going to do all that stuff. If you start to shoot at us, we're going to shoot back. I think you're going to see more of that, and I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. But what are the other options? You've got police wildly underfunded. You don't have enough of them. And you've got this soft approach on crime. I was reading that uh, in LA, they just, uh, they went right back to that no cash bail. Everybody in LA, in LA County, they're just, they decided it was unconstitutional to have bail, cash bail system. So they're going to be like, nah, just because you can't afford it doesn't mean you should sit in jail. And I'm kind of like, no, I think it does. If you can't pay the fine, don't do the crime, right? That's literally what we're talking about. And oftentimes it's on these misdemeanor things. And okay, yeah, but so many of the felonies that we used to call felonies are now misdemeanors that that's why we're just rinse, repeat, let these folks out on the streets. And that's how you get these knuckleheads, you know, doing this you know crazy drug trade. And those guys are just running around. Need to throw them in jail. Need to throw them in prison. And you might say, well, Sean, that hasn't worked in the past the recidivism rate and this and that. Get them off the streets. Don't care. Get them off the streets, just like the Army Rangers here. You know, a little bit of a pushback. Could you imagine, could you imagine being one of those crips and and all of a sudden there's return fire? Oh, hey, now. Oh, this isn't good. A couple of you guys get hit. Get them to the hospital. 
but don't t- tell them it was an accidental gunshot because you know they always investigate <laughs> they tend to investigate shootings right so shootings are shocking and then the two crime statistics i am told i am told the two crime statistics you want to keep an eye on are shootings and car theft because everybody needs a car and shootings are still shocking enough that those tend to get reported. So I think those are probably more accurate statistics than property crimes, than break-ins to business, than assaults to normal people. You know, all that stuff that we used to report, we just don't report anymore because we've just gotten used to it being part of life and part of society that, all right, yeah, my business got broken into the for the 14th time. Um, you know, I'm having a tough time staying in business here and you know, I might want to think about going somewhere else. You know, these are people that have their life savings in their business. You know, they're so entrenched in these communities. It's like the 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 folks that this crime impacts the most are the folks on the very lowest socioeconomic end. They can't afford to move. Well, small business a lot of times can't afford to just pick up and go. I mean, just renegotiating a new lease, thousands and thousands of dollars. If you know, you got first, last damage, you got all that. And then you've got to find a location that works for your business and you are literally uprooting the entire, you know, deal. And that's not easy to do. And sometimes it won't make it in the new one, right? You've got roots. It's like a garden. You've got roots there in that community. So just moving sometimes isn't the easiest. So you've got these business owners that are just basically not reporting crime anymore. Shootings and car, car, uh, cars being stolen. You, know, you look at those stats and I think those are probably greater indicators. And that's essentially what I am being told. Hey, look at those. Look at those stats because people need their cars to get around. They're going to get pissed off. They're going to report that when those are stolen. And then shootings are still shocking enough where somebody gets shot. All right, going to report it. So those two, those two crips going to the hospital may or may not have been reported. It's kind of like when we had chop and chess. They're always just, you know, hauling somebody off to the hospital in their makeshift ambulance or whatever. Throw him in the truck. I hope he makes it. You know, and sometimes they did not. Sometimes they did not. And that is super sad, especially when they're 19 years old and 16 years old, right? 14 year old kid that was in the uh, Jeep with the 16 year old kid at, at shop. He made it. I believe he made it. And the other kids, not so much. So yeah, it was fortunate that the Rangers didn't get killed because this would be a different story. It'd be tragic story, but it's a story of pushback and it's on U.S. soil. And what's crazy is that you got Americans fighting other Americans. You got the good guys, you got the bad guys. Remember when the Crips and the Bloods was a huge thing? You couldn't really wear red or you couldn't really wear blue or, hey, don't wear that hat. How come? Well, you're identifying as a, as a blood and this is a Crip territory. When that it's still a thing, right? But in certain areas, I never really like saw it in. Um, I never really you know knew what to identify in the hilltop area. I just knew this is not a great area. There's a lot of drugs being sold here, and I'm a white guy, and they identify me as a potential buyer because why else would I be here? Well, I was working, so I identify with a lot of the stuff in this story. A house for ten grand house for 10 grand. That guy's house now is probably worth 600, 500, 600, something like that. But you'd have houses for 10 grand all day long. I remember homes being purchased in the central district in Seattle 
for 15 grand when I was probably first house I sold, I think had been purchased for like 15 or 16 grand. And they'd done a little bit of a renovation and they were turning around and selling it for 90. I think that's the first house I ever sold. And that would have been, I don't know, 1991, maybe 92, somewhere in there. But you had houses here in Seattle all day long under 50 grand. Times have changed, right? Times have changed. And Hilltop, much better neighborhood now. It's still got its issues. Tacoma's got its issues. Had somebody uh, on the morning uh, on, on the morning premiere. I am consistently, if you haven't been to a premiere, and if you can, 9, 9 a.m. Uh, Seattle time, whatever that is, your time. If you want to check out a premiere, I will be there. We're, you know, live chatting on the, the live chat. So, so you'll see comments that I make and I'll make comments to other people. So if that's something you're interested in, I try and do that Monday through Friday at the 9 a.m. show. I'm recording podcasts at the 11 a.m. show. So that's why I'm typically not there. But, um, you know, I'll miss one. I'll probably miss one premiere a week just due to, you know, I get a business meeting or some horse's ass thing that I've, yeah, still got to do some of those, right? Still got to do some of those. But if you want to check out, you know, what we're doing, 9 a.m., you know, we got a lot of chats going. And one of the chats today was I'm down in Lacey, which is basically next door to Tacoma, um, kind of down in that uh, Lacey, Olympia, Tacoma area. And they were saying, hey, you know, just had my car stolen, break-ins, you know, a bunch of drugs. Stuff is still going on. It's going on everywhere. It's going on everywhere and it's not getting better, not getting better. So, you know, do we need to bring the Rangers back? Do we, do we, do we bring the Rangers? I mean, do we, how about we just bring the national guard and just drop the hammer on these guys? <sighs> yeah. But the optics of that, mm, they, they wouldn't be inclusive, would they? Uh-uh. No, it would, it would look bad. We We can't do that. We can't just go in and clean out the, you know, bad members of society because the optics on that just wouldn't look good. And that's why we allow it to happen. Just keep it going. It's all right, guys. You guys are doing a great job at selling drugs. Two thumbs up. Just, you know, consistently do what you're doing. And, you know, if we arrest a couple of you from time to time and give you a hundred dollar misdemeanor fine, make sure you pay that fine, guys. Stay in line. Keep in line. That's literally kind of where we're at, right? It's like, okay, guys, yeah, we all know you're here. Jonathan Cho, you know, here in Seattle films you daily on the daily what you're doing stolen goods you're selling the crack you're smoking yeah you know, when i say crack i mean fentanyl or whatever it is that they're doing but yeah i love this story and um that's why i wanted to read it to you on uh, memorial day so have a great rest of your memorial day whatever you're doing but if you're having that barbecue and you hear a warning shot you need to get your ranger friends over pronto Thanks again for being here. We'll catch up on the next one. Bye for now.